It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm DJ Scruggs, along with my partners, Adam Adams. Hey, everyone. And Manny Perez. Hey, what's going on, DJ? Well, what's going on is we're going to learn about money today. Um, if you're like me, uh, you thought that real estate investing was you put down 10, 20%, you go to a bank and you get a mortgage. And that's pretty much what I thought for most of my adult life. And that's despite the fact that I'm not to brag, but I'm a little more sophisticated than the average person and that I've raised money for startups. And so I have a, a better sense than most people about how money works. But I really had no idea that in real estate, there's this whole concept called private money. And that's why today we brought on a friend of the show, Chris Tanner from Diverse Retirement Solutions. Hi, Chris. Hey, how's it going today, gentlemen? We're doing great. Welcome back. Good to have you. Thank you. And Chris has done quite a bit of private money uh, lending and investment since 2006. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. The very first private money loan I did was back in 2006, and it was totally by accident. Uh, I just happened to live next door to a, a real estate agent, and this is when uh, he had a client that was doing a lot of fix and flips mm -hmm. and they ran into an issue of they got into a house but had no money to fix it up so guess who came knocking at my door and that's how I got in it was totally by accident I didn't have any training or anything but I've learned a ton and was then. that because you were, you did retirement management is that they, is that why they knocked on your door or yeah a little bit you know the real estate agent knew uh that I had self-directed retirement funds, uh, but I kind of mentioned that, and I was involved in real estate investing, and so we definitely had a connection, and so I think it was just kind of a natural fit, and he he decided to come and knock on, and so it was kind of a fortuitous event, it was, and I'm glad that it happened for sure. So, so why don't you just sort of give us sort of the high-level overview of, as I said, I think for most people, real estate means going to a bank and getting a mortgage. Um, what is private money? How, how is it distinct from that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the biggest thing is, and I'm sure you know this, DJ, is if you're a bank or a financial institution, uh, you're regulated by the SEC. And as a result, they have an, a lot of guidelines they have to follow. And so when you go to a bank and they ask for the last two years tax returns and all this information, there's a good reason why, because they have to cover themselves. Mm -hmm. And even more so today because of 2008 and right. what happened during that time, whereas a private money lender, somebody like myself or even you, we're not obliged to follow all those SEC guidelines. You know, we mm -hmm. can evaluate, it's our money, we can evaluate a deal and you know, give out a loan based on our terms. And in, t in general, a private money lender is not quite as interested in the actual borrower as they are the asset. Although it is important who right. the borrower is. So there are some advantages, obviously, to that for the real estate investors. Okay. And so um, are, is, is it kind of the sky's the limit in terms of how these, these deals are structured? Or are there kind of standard guidelines people follow? I mean, what... what what kind of options are you looking at if you're looking at taking private money? Here's the coolest thing I think about it is, is that a private money lender, if it, it's just two people making a deal. Mm -hmm. And if the deal works, the deal works. So it, in a sense, I would say the sky's the limit with some uh, obvious common sense involved. Mm -hmm. You know, So I'll just speak on the side of the lender. I 
at the end of the day, want to feel like my money's protected and I'm going to get paid. And that's really all I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. And so as long as the deal, my, my number one rule is, is this something I would actually want to own for the price I'm paying? Because right. there's a saying I have, and it is that when you lend money out, you may have just bought something. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> and so I want to make sure if I lend money out that it's something I actually want to own. And believe it or not, that's that number one rule. Is do, would I actually want to own this? Because I, I may have just bought it. So a funny story uh, that I think is really relevant since we're in Colorado is I know a guy who um, he made a lot of money in tech back in the, the first go round, the first boom. And he was a hard money lender. And he loaned to some guys when, when marijuana became legal here, medical marijuana. So he loaned to some guys who were building a grow operation. And it turned out those guys weren't of the best character. And, uh, and because of the way the industry is so sort of foobar when it comes to the government, he had to literally had to take cash. He took like $150,000 cash in a duffel bag <laughs> to these guys. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, but he did have a lien, I guess, or whatever it is you put on it. And when they bugged out, he took over and now he's running a multi-million dollar <laughs> medical marijuana business. So you never know, that's right. you know, what you're buying, but maybe it's a good fit. So <laughs> yeah, that's a great story. So he didn't know it, but he bought it. Yeah. <laughs> he bought the business, but he didn't know. Yeah. It the the one thing for, I mean, he's been doing this for, I mean, gosh, probably six or seven years now, but the, the one holdover from that period is he, he has this huge guy who's his bodyguard i mean this guy's like six six 350 pounds and you know when you're carrying around duffel bags of $150,000, it's good to have one of those guys <laughs> next yeah, to you yeah. and that guy's still with him he still still stands outside his office every day yeah, i can't imagine <laughs> so so again chris um you know you were talking about lending money um why would the investor such as like a fix and flipper as you know one of our companies is we do fix and flips um I mean, why would we benefit as much on getting something like this? Yeah, I would say this is a really, really common question. So the question really boils down to why in the world would I come to a guy like you and why wouldn't I just go to a bank? Because being totally honest, I'm probably going to charge you more than the typical bank. And Absolutely. <laughs> quite a bit more in, yeah. in some cases. Uh, but there are definitely some reasons, and I'll give you a, an example. Uh I had an investment come up recently. A gentleman was needing to borrow some money on an investment property, and he was going to turn it very quickly. Like, literally, this was an estate where all he's doing is cleaning out personal belongings, cleaning the house. I mean, I'm not even talking carpet paint, anything like that, and then just going to sell it. He thought he already had the house sold. He had it under contract. He had to deal with another investor. Here's the problem. When it came time to close, and I literally, just to give you an idea, I got a phone call on a Monday. Okay. Closing's on Friday. So I'll ask you the question, Manny. How many banks do you know can close a deal in four days? <laughs> I don't know of one that's going to be able to close in four no. days. <laughs> so these things come up. Things happen. You think you have a deal and stuff happens and you're still obligated. You're under contract. you got to close a deal. That was one time where private money made an example. I could close the deal in four days, and it was a slam dunk from my side as a lender. I mean, I, it was like 40% loan to value. Oh, my gosh. Okay. And we laughed because when I did the deal with the guy, I said, I hope you mess up. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would own a really nice property for 40 cents on the dollar. So 
anyway, this guy closed this deal in three weeks. And I made a nice little bit of money. But here's the cool thing about it. It was a win, win, win because he was able to close. He was able to sell that property to the same investor. It just took that guy a little longer to get his financing in place. So everybody won in that situation. Yeah, that's, that's a very good response. And, I mean, as long as it's a win, 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 and the numbers work, just like you were saying earlier, that um, you know private money can be advantageous to um, everyone involved. So Yeah. Um, Chris, we had you on a previous episode, and it was about uh, self-directed 401ks, self-directed IRAs, which you have a self-directed IRA uh, 401k company. Mm -hmm. Um, The question that I have is you did talk about, and I don't think we ever mentioned anything about private money. You said you could invest in real estate. You could invest in gold as long as it wasn't a collectible gold coin. Yeah. What about using your IRA funds, 401k funds for private lending? Yeah, and I'm glad you, I'm really glad you brought that up, Adam. In fact, right before we were starting the podcast, we were talking about how much money is being held in retirement accounts in America today. And so it's in the neighborhood of $18 trillion that people hold in their 401ks and IRAs. There's a ton, wow. a ton of money out there. But you definitely have access to that money if you put it into a self-directed retirement account, and, and I'll just tell you, I do this all the time. I actually have two different self-directed retirement accounts, and I loan money out of those accounts almost exclusively on real estate deals. And so that's a wonderful way to earn really nice returns out of your retirement plan is to loan that money out on real estate and over the years, I've learned it's a really, really secure, safe investment. One of the reasons I love loaning my money out, I am almost always in a first position on a property I would love to own. And because of that, I almost always get paid. Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> I mean, I think one of the, that, that episode and, and just now we sort of touched on being the lender. Um, but what I, I think one area that I've always been a little stumped or maybe intimidated by is finding the private money because you know there's hard money lenders and they typically they have a whole company and they're out marketing they're sponsoring events um do you do that or or is it more of just a word of mouth kind of thing so here there's an important distinction Mm -hmm. and you remember we had asked before you know what's the difference between a bank and a private money lender Mm -hmm. well there is actually a difference between a hard money lender and a private money lender Mm -hmm. a hard money lender lender still has to be licensed and they have rules and guidelines Mm -hmm. they have to follow But on the plus side, they get to market and advertise. They can have a website. As a private money lender, this is just me and you doing a deal. I don't have a website. Mm -hmm. I don't market. I don't promote it. And there's a reason why. I don't want to be subject to any guidelines or rules or anything Mm. along those lines. This is just a deal between two individuals. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, it's like, I mean, you mentioned that $18 trillion. I want... It's almost like it's dark money, right? No one's out there sort of advertising it, um, but it's real money, and there's people doing these deals every day. It's just, you know, if I met you at an event, let's say at a meetup or something, would I just sort of ask you, do, hey, do you lend? You know, it's yeah, it's interesting because that's honestly kind of how it ends up working. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody typically they have a deal, mm-hmm. and you you know they they need money, right? You, you mentioned before, you know that's. Money's the grease that keeps those real estate wheels moving. And that's typically how it works. And so my, what I just say is that it, you'll find people with time. Mm-hmm. And the big thing is, is 
people run in very similar circles. Mm-hmm. You know, birds of a feather fly together, right? So private money lenders kind of know other private money lenders. So if you happen to know me, I know other guys that have money to lend. Mm-hmm. And so it just kind of, that's kind of how that works. But you're right. I don't actively <laughs> market or promote be- because I don't want to be subject to those rules rules and regulations yeah Yeah, and so the lesson for that i guess is to go to meetups speak up say hey i have a deal i'm looking for financing and and let me be very clear on this too is that when you say i'm looking for financing Mm -hmm. use the word i'm totally open to private lender you make Mm -hmm. it clear that because some people might might have funds and really not even know it there might be people out there that they are a private money lender they just don't quite know it yet Right. And that's true. I mean, a lot of people, I mean, real estate, just from my own, I've been at this for about a year, you know, and there's a tremendous amount of fascination with it. You know, there's a lot of people who they they know they want to invest, but they're not sure where to start. Um, They they may not really know that you can sort of lend out like that and have terms and and things like that. And so just kind of speaking up might, might be the thing that gets them off the schneid and starts looking at doing deals yeah absolutely i wanted to move into something that i think is really really important um so i've me and uh some of us partners have actually lent private money uh multiple times uh for what we call gap funding um and what that is 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 the difference between the hard money what the hard money lender will lend or the private money lender might lend up to 70 percent of its after repair value and but the investor the flipper still needs 20 30 15,000 just to make the deal happen sure and so uh, and we charge giant amounts so don't <laughs> come and call on us if if you can't pay 3% a month cuz we think it's worth at least 3% a month or 50% of the profits 3% a month way less than 50% of the profits but at any rate uh, we have done that multiple times and what i have found as we're starting to do this is there's a lot of ways to protect yourself so people might not know what a promissory note is what a deed of trust is or a mortgage so could you kind of help us know those the paperwork that you need to have in place to be able to protect yourself when you're doing this yeah absolutely Uh, when we're talking about real estate and one of the reasons I like to loan on real estate is that there's a really good way to protect yourself and you kind of mentioned it right there, is that you can, what we're doing here is we, if we file a deed of trust, in some states it's a deed of trust, in some states it's also known as a mortgage. It depends on what state you're in. But when you file that instrument, basically you're putting on public record that there's a debt here, right? We owe a debt. And that's a strong position to be in because it gives you the right to foreclose if there's no payment. Uh, so. Typically on real estate, that's exactly what you use. You use a deed of trust and a promissory note. The deed of trust is just the public record saying there's a debt here. Here are the parties involved. The promissory note spells out the terms of your agreement. So for instance, you mentioned it's 3% per month or whatever the agreement happens to be. That spells out the terms of the money is basically what that does. I'm just curious. And so in that scenario where you have a hard money lender and a private money, uh, typically the hard money, they're going to want first position, right? On that property, they're going to want to lean. Most likely, most likely. So you have to be comfortable with the idea that you're going to be second in line for the money. 
um, if, if something goes south. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, you could be second, third. I mean, there's definitely different positions to be in. And so my, my biggest thing is if you're going to get into private money lending, and when we get towards the end of the podcast, I want to give people some references and some places to go to learn a little bit more because there's not a whole lot of information out there on private money lending, but mm-hmm. there's a, a smart way and a, and a dumb way to do this. And if you're going to lend your money out, you definitely want to be smart about what you're doing. Have you ever seen any dumb ways? that you can tell us about let me i could share a story (laughs) yeah please (laughs) so you had mentioned earlier that uh dealing with uh not the best people of best integrity Mm -hmm. so i actually did a loan one time based on a judgment and a judgment meaning this guy went to court he won a judgment he was making getting monthly payments on a judgment Mm. so the mistake was this was out of my realm or my comfort zone. I typically work in real estate. Right. I didn't really understand judgments, et cetera. So here's what I didn't understand about judgments. You can get a judgment, but guess what? It's not final necessarily. Huh. So what happened is, is this guy won a judgment, but later on they went back, they challenged the ruling and it was overturned. Oh my so gosh. the guy's judgment went away. There went my collateral. Wow. So you had the money out and nothing underneath to, to collateralize it. Yeah. The best way I could say it is, is it'd be like you thought you had collateral on a piece of real estate, but the real estate doesn't even exist. Right. No one, you don't actually. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, you hear the stories about, you know, lotto winners yeah. who, uh, they're bankrupt within three years or whatever. I think <laughs> they're probably making some private money loans that <laughs> maybe they don't, would they would take back yeah i would say don't lend money to friends or family as a general rule because those are a lot of times charitable contributions they're yeah. not loans <laughs> yeah that's my rule too i i won't even work with with friends or family uh i mean we could become friends over time but sure. but uh i've and, and nothing's been catastrophic catastrophic but i've had enough situations where it was just uncomfortable that's and exactly right you just don't want to have to have those conversations that's right so um that actually might be a good segue, though, to making sure that we're doing things right, or at least not doing things too badly. Uh, why don't you tell us about some of those resources you mentioned for yeah, learning about this? So a couple of these resources are more along the lines of, I just want to learn more about debt and investing in debt, because that's really mm-hmm. what we're doing. What you are is you're just being the bank. So one of uh, the books that I would suggest is a book called The Banker's Code, and it's written by a gentleman named George Antone. So this book really just describes why you would even consider this. And it mm-hmm. does talk about just getting down the path. And I know George also has a program that if you want, you can kind of get involved with. Uh, another book I would suggest is a book called Invest in Debt. It's by a gentleman named Jimmy Napier. The book's been around forever, but it's a wonderful both why to invest, but it also does a lot of the mathematics Hmm. about how do we set up loans and how do we determine terms and things like that. But if you're really serious and you want to become a private money lender, my strong suggestion is, is you go get educated. Hmm. And the place I found, the best place I found to go get educated, uh, there's a gentleman in Atlanta. His name is Dykes. Bottiford. Oh, that's a good don't, name. Don't try and look up or spell that name because it's a unique name. <laughs> Just remember his website. It's called www.assets101.com. And on there, you're going to find once a year, he does a private money lending course. And it's for serious people. 
Uh, and it's absolutely worth every penny. Uh, you're going to get a book that's very thick. It includes all the documents. So, Adam, I, earlier you asked, what are the documents, etc.? He'll have the deed of trust, the promissory notes. He'll have all the documentation that you would need. It's built in there. You get them on a CD. Uh, I absolutely unabashedly promote that particular course. That's terrific. So we'll make sure to link to this in the, um, the blog post uh, for this podcast. Um, we're coming up right at, at our ceiling here. Is there anything else, um, any cautionary notes or uh, advice you can offer up before we... Um you know, the biggest thing is, is you can absolutely do well lending out money. And I think it's a wonderful resource. It's another option for real estate investors. If you're the one lending out the money, get educated mm-hmm. is the biggest thing. And that could be find a mentor. It could be take a class. It could be reading books. But get educated before you just jump in and do something. And if you're new to the game, don't be afraid to bring an attorney in. And I would definitely recommend that early on because you want to make sure your documents are appropriate to the state you're investing in. And I would absolutely suggest early on you use an attorney so you have the right documents. Now, once you've done it, you're you're kind of good to go. Terrific. Well, that's excellent advice. Well, thanks again for coming on, Chris. This is... um this has been really informative and I know I've, I learned a few things and I'm going to be applying this in, in my fix and flips. Thanks for having me guys. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Hey, thanks again, Chris.